Oh, my God. Back from the dead. The boys. Midnight Climax. It has been a while. Jesus Christ. Fucking sometimes life kicks in the goddamn ass. I am your host, Ryan. This is my co-host, Alex. Say hi, Alex. Hey, how we doing? Uh, it's been a while, guys. But uh, in a, it's been a minute. What can we say this is this just reflects on our character as human beings? Yeah, I. I there are a lot of uh, excuses we can use that I will. I, I'm going to give you no excuses. The last last <laughs> the last couple weeks we we were a little late because of uh, some professional reasons and some some graduate school reasons and some stuff. These last two weeks we were just kind of. Uh, I mean, all of those things are still true, but us, I mean, we're, we're, we're pretty much just shitty people. We're just, we have bad work ethic. We, uh, fell behind. We've been working a lot. We've been doing school stuff. We've been, uh, we had various other obligations. Um, you know, I mean, I mean, yeah. Like, were we busy? Yeah, we were busy. But at the same time, does that excuse us from being awful people? Yeah. No, we've I also mean, been very, very responsible of the audience. Right. Yeah. Right. So I think, I think that's, I think that's good. But um, so a lot has a lot has happened. When I say a lot, um, basically, uh, just 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 some quick quick personal stuff. Um, myself and Alex went on a brief uh, little, little whitewater rafting trip. Is that right? Oh my god! Yeah, that was that was a good time. We meant to do a yeah. whole episode just about that, and um, we we did not. <laughs> we, we we did not. I think the day of, we were fucking washed. We were just exhausted and then we had another um we had a, another recording session with another friend of ours i don't want to give anything away too early but um we recorded about like three hours and there were there were some uh minor audio issues we'll say and uh, i'm gonna try to see what i can salvage from those as maybe like clips to like add in for us but in the meantime just know that we are very drunk um we were very it it, it 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 got a little crazy. I think uh, I, I I think I had a good time with it though. I I, I made a new friend that may, may, maybe Alex can uh, introduce at a, at a later date. But I think uh, I I don't know. We 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 got some, we we got a lot of stuff in store for you very soon. And I just want you to know that we're we're thinking about the listeners, <laughs> whatever listeners we have left. But uh, yeah. So let's 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 kind of get into it for this week. Anything crazy happened to you? Uh, you know, I mean, I've been working from home a lot this week. Um been covering stuff from the house and um just about about that oh i uh went to a birthday party yesterday that was fun there you go i uh, got to see a lot of uh high school friends that i haven't seen in like nine years and you know it's just it's just really weird you know because like you never when you grow up in your own culture right you never really are aware of your own culture and i've hang out i hang out with like my new york friends and I feel that, yeah, you know, hey, I hang out with my New York friends. I feel like, I guess, culturally similar to them. But at the same time, when I hang out with my high school friends, I'm like, wait a minute. We're making jokes that, like, nobody else would understand. And we're like, we haven't seen each other in nine years. Oh, yeah. When so, I when I hang out with you guys and, like, my other high school friends, I basically just devolve into a child. I'm at my most primitive, most happy, most, like, I, it, it, I'm like a different person. But I'm my, my Girls I've dated have told me that I'm just like completely different human being around the kids I grew up with, which is which I'm I'm come to terms with. It. I'm fine with it. Yeah, but, but yeah, man. I mean, it was it was uh, it was an interesting experience. Uh, just uh, reconnecting with people I hadn't seen in like nine years, and uh, you know, getting drunk with them. There you go. Well, um, all right. So 
Big news, big news this week. So we had, at the time of recording, we have the first uh, official, I guess, long-form presidential debate between the current president, Donald Trump, and the Democratic ticket holder, goddamn Joe Biden. Um, before we get into anything crazy uh, in terms of kind of going a little in-depth on, on what this is, I want to first give credit to Midnight Climax for calling this out weeks ago, saying that this was going to be an absolute shit show because we were right. Um, and... <laughs> It was going to be a little bit, a little bit crazy. So I think uh, you guys owe us some thanks and and, and really, really uh, <laughs> digging deep and, and and foreseeing whatever the fuck this was going to be. But um, do you have any this first? This was really uh, like the moment we were all waiting for. Honestly, like I, I, I don't know any other debate that was so, so like desired. Listen, like this one, everybody really wanted to see this. When I see it, I just think of these two just brilliant minds. You know, just captains of their field. The best our country really has to offer. Game. Yeah, yeah. Very competent. Just, just li- the the America's absolute best. The the smartest people we have, the uh, the most headstrong, the most not senile at all. You know, I think we we really really uh, knocked it out of the park with these two. This this, this is really send our best. This this, yeah. is, this this is the best America has. But but jokes aside, um, do you have any kind of preliminary kind of first impressions? Anything that kind of jumped out at you that we can kind of dig into a little bit later? I have um I have some impressions and I mean just just before I start with my impressions I want to ask you what do you call somebody from Delaware because Joe Biden is from Delaware like a New Jersey is like a New Jerseyan right what do you call a it's a Delaware Delawarian Dela um Dela what it I I think it's Delawarean or Delawarean or the other accepted term is uh repeat Wawa customer one or the other <laughs> okay and you guys got Wawa in Delaware. We mostly only have Wawa in Delaware. So the way okay. the state works is think of any like small kind of sleepy town that closes everything down at around like, I don't know, like 8 or 9 p.m. I'm talking about like restaurants and bars and stuff like that. Or, or like the way like people had like reduced hours during COVID. That's kind of how Delaware as a state like operates most of the time. And the outlier, pretty much the only thing that is open 24-7 is Wawa. So Delaware people are very protective of Wawa. It's 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 it is yeah. their uh, it, it it is it, it it could be a religion. I, I've 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 seen someone with the Wawa goose like tattoo, like you know the the little insignia on the on their emblem. I've seen someone with that with that tattoo before. It's it's a strictly that, weird like Delaware kind of Pennsylvania area. It, it, it's very strange. You know, like I thought, I thought for the longest time, Wawa was a New Jersey thing, but apparently, it's also a Delaware. It's part of Delaware culture. Well, we got so it a little bit late just... in Jersey, and it was like a big hit mm-hmm. when 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 we got it. And I guess it, it it was it was around for a few years before that. But like, it's crazy. Like people have Wawa credit cards here. It's I mean that that's a whole other discussion. But <laughs> anyways, yes, uh, Delaware people are, I guess Delawareans is probably the closest I would say. Um, or just like Philly knockoffs, or or like, or uh, or like, if if people from Philadelphia had a weird love child with people from Baltimore, and then those people got together, and then re- really had an unwanted pregnancy with a guy from South Jersey, that's what Delaware is. Oh wow, that sounds amazing. yeah. It's it's kind of it's it's it's, it's 
three different bad accents put together. And, um, I mean, generally speaking, they're very friendly. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they, they sound very weird, but I, uh, I I really enjoyed my time here so far. Everyone's been very nice to me, so I I, I got to say that up front. All right. Well, I think I think we got a uh, we got sidetracked talking about the fifty states. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know this, but this, this is the name of the show. I'll give I'll give you my take. All right, this okay. is my take on the debate. Right. So uh, <clears throat> you got you got Donald Trump, right? Donald Trump is not a a debate guy. You know, you don't sit down with Donald Trump and debate the facts and, you know, talk about logic or stuff like that. Donald Trump is a uh, he's a TV guy. He's a right. He was the host of The Apprentice. He, nobody knows more about being good on TV than Donald Trump. So what do you have to do to be good on TV? You need to say your points loudly, clearly and concisely. And what did Donald Trump do? So basically he. He was basically, I, I guess at times, you know, bringing up Joe's son, trying to get a reaction out of Joe, trying to get a reaction out of the moderator. He created like a chaos on stage because that's the environment he would thrive in because nobody could really like understand what the arguments were. Like people remember, oh, Joe told him to shut up. Yeah, but nobody knows what the arguments were. Nobody like the, the moderator was getting in at some points. Joe was trying to make some points, but Donald Trump was able to basically get above all the chaos shout because nobody's better at shouting his points than him he can shout his points clearly and concisely so the viewers can listen to his points so basically it's like he created the shit show because that's the best way he could get his points across which is just shouting over your opponent and more clearer and conciser than your opponent your opponent right so i don't know i think in terms of so I, I, I said up front that we kind of predicted that this was going to be a shit show. I really underestimated just how just nauseating this is going to be. So I, you, you and I talked earlier, and we tried to set up some type of, I say, I say prep or background, and I, I mean that very, very light. We didn't do like a ton of outside research. We mostly just watched the show and took some notes, right? Yeah. So I go to sit down and watch this and i have like a ton of notes for the first half and it is just this is just excruciating to get through with these is, this is like the least smooth kind of debate i've ever seen so i i said this a few weeks ago but donald trump really kind of shines at this stage of the campaign because he kind of gets to go head to head with these people in this kind of like I don't even really want to call it a debate setting. It's really just like a one-on-one, just kind of like shouting match where he just, he, he's like I said, he, he comes from a TV host background. He's, he needs, he knows what a soundbite is to the exact letter. He's very efficient with his words. And he's, he kind of just uses that to just like throw everything at his opponent. I think Biden did very well given the circumstances. I mean, I knew this was going to be kind of like a fuck up from the end, but he was, he was not nearly as uh senile and crazy and just kind of out of it as we've seen earlier from biden which i think is very impressive oh, yeah this is an obvious victory for biden because this the bar was set so low i mean the fact that he was able to put sentences together and you know speak right, intelligently right. is already so he, a victory so i i i, I don't want to downplay it that much but i think it was really funny because before the debate Trump was like, we should drug test Biden. He's probably going to be on some type of speed on the way in. I'm like, if he takes, if that man takes any 
speed, he'll die. Like they can't, I can't, he, I don't think, I don't think he can handle the type of drugs that Trump is accusing him of. So I think both of them are kind of off their rocker if they think they're suddenly going to get it together with like a bump of coke or something. So that's that's kind of out of the question. But so I kind of want to first talk about like the the format of the debate. So I mean, this isn't anything alien that we've never seen before where you have the two candidates come out they have uh questions broken up into segments where they can kind of uh have their little time to shine then the other guy jumps in for a rebuttal then they kind of have this open discussion and then the audience is just told not to talk or comment at all which is which is not like alien it, it, this has happened before this isn't like a covid specific debate but i think people were very hopeful when they wanted when they when they look look for any kind of productive like <laughs> format or any any actual i don't know i, I like i said i, I don't re- i really don't know what people were expecting from this because when you get a debate with donald trump it just becomes a trump debate no matter what the actual format was so for, first of all in terms of how this was um the moderator i don't know if he just got fucking walked on the entire time but he he really didn't <laughs> didn't do what he's supposed to do he didn't moderate at all they're it's a weak moderator all, honestly all People three of them like they should the moderator and him and uh and trump and biden were all talking at once and multiple times which is the opposite of what a moderator is supposed to do but all right first first and foremost this people were uh critiquing uh, Trump and Biden at various points for like interrupting the other one and speaking over the other one, which, like I said, not crazy. We've had debates where uh, candidates have talked on the other one's shoes, stuff like that. Especially more, you, you see it more often. I'd say during like uh, like the the larger kind of uh, primary debates where it's like five or six people at once. Yeah. People are fighting to get a little soundbite in. Everyone's this is not that for them, by like... any means. I mean, obviously, we expect a little bit of interrupting, but. When you when you get into a format like this and you have people at this stage like like a Trump and a Biden and it's really just like a war of sound bites, you should know first off there's zero like incentive for them not to be constantly interrupting each other. And I say that because one, there is no penalty for interrupting. So they can they can do it whenever they yeah. want and they have no recourse. They don't have there's no penalty box. They don't get their mic shut off, nothing like that. It's in their best interest to repeatedly step on the other's toes because if they don't do that and the other one is, for example, let's say like let's say uh Biden never interrupted Trump and Trump was just like going crazy, like stepping all over him, talking, taking up all his time. People are expecting that from Trump already. So if if he didn't if Biden didn't jump in, he 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 look weak or look like he's getting walked on. Yeah. But the alternative, there was no, there there, there was never going to be any avenue where they could have both like, all right, I'm going to say my piece and I'm going to stop. Then you say your piece because they all individually needed to have a rebuttal for every single like sentence that the other one said because they were accusing each other of lying the whole time or just getting wrong misinformation, which I think was very funny because. They, there was a lot of times where they interrupted the moderator and then would just start talking before he finished the question because they wanted to make a comment on the first, like, piece of a sentence that he said. And he's like, wait, just let me get it out. And they're like, fuck you, dude. <laughs> I want to talk about this now. <laughs> and, like, it, it would be a minute or two before we even knew what the full question was, which I think was really funny. And, like I said, I, I we, we called this out. We knew it was going to be fucking absolute garbage and stuff like that. So people... Um, were telling me 
like before this debate, they were like, oh, man, Ryan, you and Alex have got it made. You got this debate coming up. This this is going to be like shooting fish in a barrel for you. This is going to be easy picking. This is going to be so much comedy gold. And I'm like, no, this is going to be goddamn exhausting. There's no... I don't, I, don't, I don't know if there's anything redeeming that we got from this. First of all, I mean, at this stage of the game, the majority of people are decided for either Republican or Democrat or just abstaining from voting or going third party despite all the... <laughs> the red flags of yeah no on shit. that point definitely like that it really calls into question like what, what what good is a debate at this point honestly i mean most people are decided either you're going to be trump or biden and then right. you have the undecideds right and the undecideds are i mean if you're if you're undecided between trump and biden i mean you're probably just going to vote for trump honestly you're, you're not happy with the status quo or something well, you you specifically were talking about like interviewing like people from the Midwest who have been undecided or they were thinking about maybe changing a vote if they were a Republican for a while, maybe going Democrat, or if they were in the swing state, maybe doing something different. But for something like this, I mean, I've heard of people making up their mind at the debate, but I don't know how even like something like this would prove that you're a good president, which is very, very strange. Uh, I mean, it was it's... Like I said, I can't think of anything productive that we get from this. I don't know. You know, like one one take I kept hearing from the news was that people were criticizing Trump for being, you know, loud and for interrupting his opponent and all that stuff, right? But this is basically CNN. And the viewers of CNN obviously, like, care about respectability, civility when they speak, right? But at the same time, who's Trump appealing to? Trump wants to appeal to people who are angry at the system or angry at, you know, their place in life. And they want a guy who sounds angry. They want a guy who is going to, you know, portray himself as a strong guy. And that's right. what Trump did on the on the debate stage. He portrayed himself as, Absolutely. I guess, stronger than his opponent, not scared to be rude. And uh, so, yeah, if you're an undecided voter who's pissed off at the way things are, then you probably will like Trump. You know, I don't think undecided voters are just suddenly going to go and be like, oh, he was completely disrespectful to his opponent, you know. Um, there are a lot of undecideds who are just pissed off at both parties and pissed off yeah. at the way things are. All right, so let, let, let's try to get into it a little bit. Um, I don't really have all of the questions covered be, just because the candidates didn't really even cover all the questions in, in the way that they were supposed to. But um, I, I a couple of them j- jumped out at me. Um, the first question that they had, or I guess the first, this is like an intro to the first segment, I guess. Um, the question was about um, the validity of having... Since uh, what's what's the name? Ruth Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed, so there was a seat that needed to be filled for the Supreme Court. So the first question was about what was the uh, validity of making a decision for it now, while Trump was still in office, why it was good or bad, and why the nominee would be like good for good for them or bad for them, whatever it was. So both both candidates have an opportunity to talk about that, and I think they both make a kind of compelling case for why they could do it. I, this, this is probably like the one of the questions I paid like the most attention to because this is the one that is going to affect everyone pretty much like right now in terms of what's going to happen because like they're, they're in the process of trying to fill this seat right now with uh, do, do you have her yeah. name uh, of, of uh, oh shit uh, this, this seat uh, tell you the truth I gotta I gotta look that up All right, we, we, uh, we pull it up in a second but basically it's a yeah. I, I would say conservative leading uh, leaning woman I think she's like in her 30s or something like that so for a lifelong seat like the Supreme Court, she's going to be there for fucking ever. So good or bad, we got to find out. Barrett? 
Yeah, Coney Barrett. That's her name. I think she, I think she's like thirty six or something. Mm, I don't know. Um, hang on, let me let me let me let me let me see this real quick. Supreme Court nominee. She is uh, forty eight years old. Forty eight, which which for a Supreme Court justice is like a baby. Yeah, that's like because yeah, she's, she's gonna hold that like, seat for what, what like, like thirty years minimum. Forty forty years maybe she could be if she goes into her eighties. You know, if if medicine gets further and, and public health gets further, she could she could potentially have this for uh, fifty years, sixty years, something like that. So it's it's crazy. Yeah. So I think I think both candidates kind of make a compelling point when they say uh, for, for, uh, Trump gets the opportunity to talk first, and he said, "Listen." Um, it's my right as the current president and my party's right as like the is like the holder of the the Senate to to pick this because I I I fucking won the election. Someone died during my term. I get to choose them. And he's like, I'm not the uh, president for three years, three and a half years. I'm the president for four years. So if I get voted out in November and I, I make a decision either right before or right after. Then that's that's my decision and that's my party's decision and I kind of can't disagree with him for the most part. But then Biden comes in and he says choosing right now at this stage is kind of like a bad faith decision because the new election has already started. Um, he he he's he's blaming they're they're pushed for this. It's like the fight the Affordable Care Act and the new uh, Supreme Court justice nominee whatever is is shown to be like against that. Um, I think. You can make a case for both of them, but I think the results of the election are really gonna it it it, it, it kind of puts everything in kind of like hyperdrive because every every like we talked about this before every every single election cycle starts earlier and earlier people start campaigning like a year two years two and a half years almost three yeah. years before the next election so when Biden says something about like oh the new election already started that's right of course but. The new election, I mean, you could have made the same decision in, like, 2018. You know what I mean? Like, they, they started campaigning so long ago that, I mean, where does the timeline really start? I don't know. Who, who knows? But at the same time, Trump's like, yeah, well, regardless, even if it goes up until the day before I get fucking evicted from the White House, I'm still the guy until now. So, I mean, I think, I don't know. What, 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 are, your, what are your thoughts on that? Do you, do you have any opinion on... I'm, I'm not not talking about like where your politics are for who should hold the seat, but I'm saying like in terms of making that decision, do you know if what, what's what's more important to you? I guess if I don't know, I mean like I guess if Biden was the incumbent, would he do the same thing? Well, we had I mean, um, who knows who's to say who's to say he wouldn't. You know who's to say a Democrat who is president wouldn't do the same thing? Obviously, people are going to use whatever rights they have or right know, in the so a lot of people point to advance to, their agenda a lot of people point to i think 2016 when it was the <clears throat> end of obama's career where they were I, th- I think somebody died and they were and they were talking about filling the seat not filling the seat there was a big debate on it i think they they left it to trump if i'm not mistaken when he got elected to to, to pick it so i don't know if this is very hypocritical on the side of the right to to, to even do this but i think we after this election, there definitely has to be a law about, or at least some type of understanding about 
the etiquette for picking the seat because we're gonna just, I mean, we're, like, we're gonna have this argument. I every don't time think they left now. it to Trump though. I mean, they thought everybody thought Hillary was gonna win. I mean, who would have imagined Trump was gonna beat Hillary? You know, all the polls were saying, oh, Hillary was gonna win. Right. Nobody in their right in their right mind. I think even internationally, nobody was expecting the United States president to be Donald Trump. Right. But I mean, at the same time, like I, I guess you know, more generally speaking, right? Like, do we really want a court system where people stay on the court until they die? That's a huge that problem. Seems in like itself. outdated. Yeah, like, like, it, it seems if, like if hey, some lizard people, man. They live forever. Yeah. I mean, we can we can we can be dealing with this for <laughs> indefinitely. You know what I mean? Like, so you are now on the council of elders, and you will decide. You know this country of uh, what's our population now? Like three fifty. I don't yeah, know. Th- over three hundred million people. I'd say it's between. The like, fate will be decided by like this council. Three hundred thirty and four hundred million. Like it's it, it's crazy. Yeah. Because think about it, like, you know, what if you become senile? What if you become, I don't know, what if you, you end up, people change through the course of their lives. And sometimes people get really bad ideas when they get older. Some Sometimes people have good ideas, who knows, right? But like, at the same time, it's like, this isn't really, I don't know. I mean, it's not a very democratic process, well, you it's know, not to appoint just, somebody um, who will it, it, you it, know, live out their whole lives on the court and then die. Right, right. And it, it, it's not just these court positions we're talking about. We're talking about all the appellate courts and smaller courts that are are getting pretty much shaped by whoever the new president is. So um, uh, Trump did a lot of work in kind of pretty much stacking all these lower courts as well with like conservative leaning judges. And there was a point where Biden was asked if he would um, – would also do that if, if, if he got in office, if he would just continuously like pack the lower courts with like liberal leaning judges and he wouldn't make a comment on it. And I thought it was funny because like it came off as a little bit like weaker or a little bit like he was like faltering when he when he didn't have to at all, because he could have just whether he was going to stack the courts or not or didn't want to want to do it and didn't want to admit it. He could have just made something up. And then after he got elected, just change his mind if he didn't feel that way anymore. But like I said, this this goes again with like the format of the debate. So, f- first of all, that's a great way to perpetuate your power as well. You know, you don't have to be president if you have all of these judges advocating for your agenda. Right, 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 right. So I think it, it, it's really funny because like, like, like we said, there's no incentive to not be interrupting your opponent, but also at the same time, there's also no real time kind of like fact checking that can be done. So you can kind of like make these like crazy. Out of pocket, compl- uh, out, of, out of pocket claims. You can say stuff about your opponent that's not going to be checked until afterwards. You can say stuff about like what policies you're doing or what decisions you've made. And if you just kind of say it louder and you kind of just kind of steamroll and just go through it, then you kind of just win that point. So, I mean, it's yeah, in- it goes back to my point of like you know you, you're basically just shouting over your opponent in a clear and concise manner. And yeah, it, it's it, it but they're but they're incentivized to do that. It's not just like oh. It, it, it'll look bad or uh, it's in bad form, whatever. No, this is like the, the best possible way to do this because otherwise they're going to get like fucking like like <laughs> flattened. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I, I saw a couple interesting things in the debate. First of all, um, <laughs> just I, I think it's really funny the way um, Trump like compliments people because uh, – Biden was accused of not knowing what the uh, d- d- uh, Amy Coney Barrett, her stances on everything, which is fine. I mean, like, I, I, I wouldn't have expected him to know all of her positions on every possible thing. We know she's a little bit more conservative leaning 
that's fine. But I'm pretty sure Trump also didn't know most of her stuff either because he just kept yeah. des- describing her as like, oh, she's great. She's brilliant. She's whatever. She's very smart. But he, it's very funny the way he compliments people because he compliments people the way like, have you ever gotten like a signed um, reading from like a, like, a, like a class in school? And then yeah. you'd get like you show up for school the next day and you'd get asked questions and you kind of be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like he, he talks as if somebody who like skimmed the notes kind of, and we're just like, yeah, she's great. She's perfect. Yeah. I, obviously I, I fully support her, which is very funny, but I think, um, it's, it's just, just really weird. We had, he, he was kind of, Trump was very, he seemed like overly defensive about being accused of not having a substitute for Obamacare, which is yeah pretty much indefensible because he's had, like three years, three and a half years, whatever, to at least come up with something or at least another buzzword to take the place of Obamacare. And he spent more time getting rid of it than anything. Like I know a lot of people that have problems with Obamacare, but the the biggest critique of him was that he just never had anything to take Obamacare's place. So, yeah, let's say, all right, sight unseen, Obamacare is bad. We don't want it anymore. We want to get rid of it. It's a democratic socialist, blah, blah, blah. It's taking stuff. It's hurting the private uh, system, sure, but what what is, what is the health care plan for the president that he can act on there? So Trump talked a little bit about like critiquing certain things or making s- small changes, but at the end of the day, if he wants to gut the whole program and get rid of it, then what does it matter if he's making any changes? So he, um, until he has a a plan or at least a name for a plan, like it, it, I, I think he would have done a lot better. But he got so defensive about just being accused of that, which is common knowledge that he didn't have anything to take the place of it which is i, I don't know uh, i I, th- I think oh biden tried to capitalize it on it like a little bit but you could tell that he knew a lot more about the uh health system and like the kind of like the stats behind that than trump did which which is he, he could have just kind of stuck to the point just just kept going off it but he but i think he was more excited to like call trump a liar I guess, and, and just kind of pick his plan apart. Then oh, just yeah, kind of, I mean, they just kept calling each other liars for most of the debate. Yeah, I'll I'll go into the name calling in a second, but like with the whole, just just the, just the healthcare stuff in general. If he just like stuck to the point and then just brought up what he was going to do, Trump would have no rebuttal because he, he he has no meat to what he's talking about for for healthcare because he's we've seen this is a huge weakness for him really because he he's got like no real stats behind it. I mean, just. All coronavirus stuff aside, like he, he, we know Trump is not really like a stats and numbers guy. He's he's very like kind of like feeling oriented and attitude oriented, which is which is fine in its own right. But when you're talking about like the fucking numbers and stats and who's being covered and who's not being covered for these healthcare plans, he like is it, he seems like a guy that just kind of like skimmed the notes, which is fine. But I, I don't know. I think it's yeah. it, it, it's something to talk about, especially during a debate. Hang on, let me see here. Oh, this this is another thing I, I wanted to get your take on. So back. In I, so 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 I think Trump is doing something really interesting now in terms of like a debating tool. So back in like 2014 up to 2016, he was the guy with like zero experience, and yeah. every single person he debated or ran up against had like decades more experience than he did. So it was kind of like a weak point for him because they're like, oh yeah, I guess Trump could be a good businessman, whatever the fuck that means. He's like, oh, he could be a good businessman, but we don't know how he's going to do an office, this and that. Now, three years into it, we know how he's going to do an office because he holds the highest possible position in the country. So he, he kept going back to this thing he was saying during the debate 
where he, he would just repeatedly, repeatedly claim like, oh, I've done more in three years than Biden did in 47, which is now I think it's pretty interesting because he's kind of like turning it on his head where he's like, OK, before I had no experience and you guys had like so much experience, you can like drown me in it. But now he has barely any experience at all. So any possible like good thing that he does during his term, he can hold it over the heads of every opponent he has because like, listen, I, I, I cleaned up this mess. I do whatever. And I've, I have no experience. I still did all this. So now he's like using it as a strength, which I think is kind of funny because I think he's by far our most like at least controversial president. I don't think that's really up for debate, but yeah, I think it's really like a like like a tool he's using where it's like, yeah, I did all this in this little time I was here, and Biden's been a candidate since like the '80s or whatever the fuck, and he didn't do shit, which I th- I think is very because <laughs> now it's like an asset to him, him having less experience because it seems like he's doing more with less. You know what I mean? What's 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 your take on that? Well, I mean, to put it simply, you know, Trump criticizing his opponents and speaking good about himself is, you know. It's not just a Trump thing. Everybody does that, you know. But, right, right. I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a way of, like you said, you know, it's a way of uh, defending his small experience, you know, and a way to, you know, uh, poke a stick at his opponents and say, oh, you've been around for so long, I've done so little, yet I've been here for three years and done so much, you know. Right. I, I don't right. know. I, 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 I'm not surprised he would make that argument. <laughs> it's, it's just, I, I, because I, it, it's really not too much has changed but just the way he's kind of framing it is very different now just because he has that small amount of experience it's it's, it's very interesting so i mean like we said this is like just the soundbite debate at its highest form it's just crazy nonsense um so there's a lot of interrupting going on but i i think it's very 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 kind of interesting because it started off as like fairly respect respectful everyone's kind of doing their part oh yeah the first two minutes were like i was like wow this is this sounds like it's gonna be an actual debate i was like maybe maybe i'm wrong maybe maybe these these joe biden said thank you to trump Uh, trump wasn't being trump he was speaking like a normal person so 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 trump was the first one to start interrupting as was expected so he did it yeah of course i'm like like i said it was a nice like two minutes whatever it was but I don't know if it was like after the first thing Biden said or what, or after like the first couple things, but he 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 he, he kind of just just started like interrupting pretty much almost immediately after that, and he even <laughs> he even interrupted the moderator during the first like open discussion portion, which is very funny. Oh yeah, but um, Biden was definitely like hesitant to like get on that train, but as soon as he saw what Trump was doing, he jumped in almost immediately. Like he's like, all right, well if, if he's doing it, I got to do it. So. Like I said, of course, Biden looked like he did a good amount of prep for this. So he's he definitely comes off as a little bit more like knowledgeable about details and like nuances of like some of these, like I said, healthcare stuff. Um, he had a ton of like coronavirus like facts and in terms of like pe- people's debt and unemployment and that, which is, which is good. But he was also the first person to kind of resort to name calling too, which I was surprised at. I thought I thought Trump was going to be the one who starts like slinging <laughs> like. Like, like, was like, he the like, first? Yeah. So he called um, he, he the 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 first bad word he said was just oh he he called Trump a liar, which I think was kind of interesting because once you call Trump like uh some type of character insult as opposed to like oh I don't agree with this politics word once you start going into name calling with Trump it really opens the floodgates for him because he just starts attacking everything uh, Trump's done I mean everything. Uh, 
Biden's done like his whole background. He talked about like Delaware State University. He talked about his family, his kid who was on drugs. Like, he, oh I, my I, god, yeah, Trump, Trump going after Biden's kid. Like when Trump was talking about Biden's kids, you could really see Biden was like losing his school. Well, because first of all, he's, was, he, like, he was talking about it's like, oh, you're referring to my army uh, military veteran son. He's like, no, I'm talking about the other one who's on coke and got money from Russia. And everyone's like, oh, like <laughs> it's fucking. I, I it, that's for me. That's when everything kind of like just hit the fan because I like I said all Trump needs to like pull out shit like that is just to be insulted once and he's like okay yeah I'm just gonna go after your entire family which but I, I think, mean like Trump was gonna do that regardless honestly I don't think Trump was like I walking think eventually into the it would have devolved I'm gonna hold the punches no he's not right gonna hold any right punches. right, right. I, I, yeah. I mean I, I think he was very willing to, to to dish those cards out yeah but I think um <laughs> Biden kind of starting it up like that was like I don't know what you're expecting man he's 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 going below the belt from here on out like for for the next like 45 minutes it was just like i mean the nicest thing he said was calling him a socialist which is not even true so i think that, oh my god trump was like calling him a socialist and then saying oh you lost the left and i don't know bringing up bernie sanders that was that was fun to watch yeah can we can we talk about that when he was saying um uh trump said a few times like oh you have the left or you lost the left or whatever first of all even if biden quote unquote loses the left or loses support from the left none of those votes are going to trump no one's like ah goddamn biden i'm 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 <laughs> i'm done with your 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 nonsense i'm gonna i'm now voting for donald trump that was that was never happening so i don't, I don't know why he even brought that up but i think <laughs> it's 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 a mess it's an absolute mess i mean like i don't know just trump trump uh what he said something about bernie sanders i, I didn't write it down actually but uh Biden ends up saying, "I am the Democratic Party," you know. At this point, yeah, and, that uh, was that was interesting Trump's, too. Trump saying, "Oh, you you lost the left. You just lost the left," but at the same time, calling Biden a socialist. So I, I guess I guess he's a he's a. Everybody knows Biden's basically like a. I don't know. I guess like a George Bush era Republican. You know, he's he's very. I guess, and even dem, in Democrat standards, he's very much you know as a centrist. Well, but, I think I think if we talk about Biden and Trump. Neither of them really are their parties. Like we talk about Biden, he was we, we we said this a few weeks ago. He was really just like the outlier. Like clearly, public opinion didn't really want him more than they wanted maybe like a Bernie Sanders or even like an Elizabeth Warren type like that. But he kind of just lasted long enough for like, all right, I guess we're gonna support him. And I guess he interprets that as like, I am the left now. Like I am the Democratic Party, which is I guess maybe because he's the last one that's still running. Maybe that's technically true, but. It definitely doesn't feel like he has the spirit of the of the left, whatever it is. And Trump, you could say the same thing because Trump was barely even a Republican before all this started, like by his standards. So he just yeah. like he, he I think he was like a registered Democrat, like in the eighties or nineties or something like that. Then he started running for the Republicans because he felt like he could do better over there. He started like destroying all these like uh, party Republicans and started like knocking them out one by one. They all individually like insulted him and denounced him and like, oh, he's terrible for the country. And once he started gaining momentum, they're like, all right, I guess we have to support him now. So I guess he is the Republican Party and he is the right just because he ate everyone else like he destroyed them. So I don't think either really embody, I guess, like the spirit of the party or like or like the actual uh the full consensus that they wanted to have but for either of them to say like oh i am this or i am that it's very uh i think it's a little overconfident we'll say that you know i mean 
it's we see really interesting movement in um, the U.S. political uh, environment here. You have like um, I think there's like the Lincoln Project, all of those Republicans who are never Trump and um, they're supporting Biden. Um, Biden's getting support from Republicans. Um, you have establishment Democrats, of course, supporting Biden. But at the same time, you have a huge like. I mean, Bernie Sanders' uh, volunteer movement was something like unprecedented in the number of people volunteering, making, you know, phone banking, all that stuff. And um, so, yeah, that's basically from the Democratic side. And then the, the Republican side, you know, you have basically nobody's ever seen a candidate like Trump, you know, be so, I guess, outward with his views or with his language and um, doing the stuff he's doing, I guess. So. I mean, the Republican Party has changed. The Democrat, the Democrat Party has changed. So, right. I don't know. At this point, what, what's next here? You know, are, are we going to see a third party? Is what I want to know. Because no, I, I don't think we are. I think neither of them are willing to even give in to like a subset of whatever their party is, because they need every single vote for something like this. Because every election so, is like, closer. What are the Republicans? Now. What are the Republicans going to do now? I mean, the thing is that the Republicans. I'm pretty sure not all the Republicans agree with Trump. You know, you've got Lincoln Project Republicans. You've got, I guess, more elite old Republicans. And your Romney types are who, vote are, for who, Biden. Are, who are campaigning to get rid of him, stuff like that, or at least not support him anymore. And I don't know. I think um, it's 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 definitely probably just a question for another day because as of right now, we're kind of stuck with these two. So for, for a future yeah. third-party system, I think it's really going to be – I. Th- I think we're gonna have to clean the boards again. So if if Trump uh, like loses and we start Biden's term, I think then we can start talking about third parties because it's not going to be a president in his second term. It'll be, I'm sorry. I, I mean, if Trump wins again and he finishes that term, then we're gonna start with a clean slate for both sides. So then I think that we'll be more open to a third party because as of right now, I think there's no third party with a shot in hell. So may, maybe the next election it's possible, but it's it's. It's, 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 like I said, not, not even the atmosphere for most people. Uh, I wanted to get your take on the the soundbite, I guess, of the night where uh, I guess there's a lot of criticism on the, on, on the left for Trump, I guess, not openly and clearly denouncing, I guess, these, these right-wing uh, <laughs> white supremacist groups, for loss of a better, better term. Like, do you, do you, do you want to give a little impression on that? Well, the whole Proud Boys uh, comment where he said, um, was it stand back and stand down? Oh, no, stand back and stand by? Or stand down and stand by, was what, it? Who, who, who are the uh, are the Proud Boys? Uh, they're, I mean, they're described as like a Western uh, chauvinist uh, movement uh, associated with white supremacism. And uh, are they like a, like a, like a third party, like a smaller group? Or are they just like uh, one of those? kind of groups pigeonholed in with like Antifa types and like, Oh, it's just like another name for these like fringe groups. Like I, I'm not really even really sure what, what, what is it? I guess it's like the, the, the right wing version of like a Antifa, I guess, or like the nicer way to say like a white supremacist type thing. I'm not really sure. I don't, I don't really know any of their background, but I guess they're, <laughs> it's, it's basically just like two groups of people that get into fist fights in the street in like Portland from what, I, what, from what I've heard so far. Well, yeah, I mean, anyway, Trump uh, Trump didn't, what's it called, at that, that moment when it was asked. He wasn't denouncing uh, the Proud Boys. But, I mean, it just it just goes to the, the broader issue is that why would Trump want to, you know, 
condemn white supremacists at the debate stage you know i mean i'm sure he does i think he he came out in like another telephone interview where he said yeah i condemn this stuff of course i condemn white supremacy he said that i think he said afterwards or yeah it's interesting because he has done it in the past and i think he i think he did since in 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 in, in like brief interviews but i watched that clip a couple times and the way they they lead it in i think it's a little generous the way that uh, it was, it, it was, it was kind of skewed towards. Uh, <laughs> like, like uh, I, I found think... the article, so so CNN even reported that Trump condemns all white supremacists after refusing to do so at a presidential debate. So he did condemn them afterwards. But the I, I, whole well, the thing I don't even think he refused to, to do do so because the way the, the way the question leads in, they're like, all right, Mister President, would you on stage now uh, condemn these white supremacists, whatever groups? And he and he says, I will, I will do that. And they were like. And, and and then he and then he starts going off into like a little side thing. He's like, but these people. And then Biden's like, no, you go ahead, go do it. And he just didn't want to give in to Biden, I guess, and didn't just say like. I guess people are very upset that he didn't like verbatim say like, I, the president, condemn these we can, white supremacists. We can whatever interpret groups. this two ways. We can interpret this two ways, you know. And there's one way which I think is more likely. But I mean, the first way we can go and just say that you know Trump didn't want to give them the satisfaction of you know giving them what they wanted, which right. is basically. Right. You know, giving them a clear condemnation, you know, just because I'm not going to do it because you told me to do it, basically. That's right, the right, one right. way to do it. That, 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 that the was, second that was my way, takeaway out of it, yeah. The second way, which I'm, I'm more partial to, is that I think Trump intentionally didn't do it on stage because he's aware that he has a – he's got a base. Like, a, part of his base is white supremacists. Why would he do this on a debate stage and potentially lose votes, you know, on the stage? He can do He can do so in an interview, which no one's going to listen to. And say, yeah, I condemn white supremacists. But if he goes on the stage and some, you know, it says, uh, what's it called? Stand, stand back and stand by. You know, that is gonna, what's it called? That, that's giving. I well, guess don't the get me wrong. I think more. I think both of those are true. I think what you said is absolutely true. And I think your your first point about him not wanting to give any concessions to Biden is its own. Thing. So I think he, he knows what his what his background is. I know he knows what his support is, but I think a large part of that is just doing it on his own terms, which is he's for I mean, he's had a lot of criticism. He's had literal like fights with the media. But I think a lot of his um, reporting has been I mean, a, a lot of his his platform has been saying things on his own terms, and I think they were trying to take that away from him when they put him on the spot like that, and he just didn't like that, which I think is kind of childish in itself because he could have just said – he could have just got, gave in for like 10 seconds and just been like, hey, whatever, I denounce these whatever groups. But I think he really wanted to play the like, oh, there's there's bad guys on both sides. There's, there's Proud Boys. There's Antifa. There's whatever, which is – I guess that's a discussion for a different day, but they weren't asking him that. They were asking him, okay, can you denounce these groups individually and then go off? So I think he was really eager to jump in to say, like, oh, all right, both groups are at fault or these guys are bad and these guys are bad. But I think he was very upset that the other group, uh, the other group, whether it's, like, some, like, left-wing group or Antifa or whoever, like, wasn't included in that immediately, which is, I guess, that, that that's his own discussion. So Biden brought up that um, – the current uh, director of the FBI, which he called Trump's FBI, just called uh, Antifa like an idea or an ideology, I guess, more than a actual group, which I'm sure is 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 mostly true. I don't know what type of organization they have because anytime you see videos of like riots or protests, it doesn't seem like an actual <laughs> army battalion or something like that on either side. It really just seems like 
a bunch of guys with masks punching each other in the head. So I, 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 I don't know. Maybe I'm a little out of my depth in terms of what's organized and what's not and what's a gang and what's not. But it's, it seems like people just kind of get in line with people they like relatively agree with and they just go punch other people that they don't seem to agree with. I, I think I think to say, you know, like calling the left some organized group that's going to usurp the United States is giving them too much credit. Right. Like, you know, to be honest, I mean, the left has made, you know, big strides from, you know, being like basement book clubs to now actually, you know, I guess getting a candidate that we can call a leftist, you know, like Bernie Sanders, uh, as a, who was for a short time a front runner in the Democratic primary. You know, that's a big stride. But I mean, come on. Antifa is not like a terrorist organization. It's not it's not organized. I don't think it's, it's well, yeah, no... you, you, you could say that for a lot of things on the left, not just like Antifa types, but there, there's also like the, I think the black lives matter movement. I, I don't want to get into the, the politics of that really, but I will say that from what I've kind of gathered, there's a difference between the BLM, whatever movement, and then the actual structural organization and then the actual like supporters or ideology of it. So apparently, I didn't know this, but apparently those are all like three separate things, which is in and of itself just difficult to even talk about. Because now when you refer to one, people don't know if you're kind of putting them all together or if you're talking about one aspect of it. Like, I don't really know. I don't know who the leader of the Proud Boys is. I don't know who the leader of Antifa or whatever Black Lives Matter or any of those people are. So if there is some type of structure that I'm missing. I'm I'm open to it. That's fine. But there's, it seems there's no like a lot of, this... of anti of Antifa. I you said what? It's just there's no leader of Antifa. I mean, there's like right. different Antifa chapters of people like meet up and do stuff. But like, well, yeah, well, there's no, like, that, that, there's that, no that's pope of Antifa. Even if there's no like centralized leader, do, do these individual chapters count as organization? Because that's that sounds like they could be interpreted that way too. So I don't know. But like I said, I I'm definitely feel like I'm out of my depth in terms of what what that even looks like like uh people who know me know my background a little bit professionally and i can tell you even from my standpoint i can't really <laughs> i don't know who's in charge of what i don't know who's who's running what i mean it's 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 strange so uh, that's probably the the last i'll say on that part of it but yeah, i don't know i think uh it's very interesting when they talk about any any of these buzzwords really whether it's like white supremacist group or uh left-wing group or whatever it's 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 more buzzword than actual sus, uh, su- substance because it's it's like a lot of c- kind of like like i said it's 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 just interview talk you know it's it's people are getting trying to get out some okay we want to condemn these people we want to do all this shit but i think a lot of it is just i don't know it's 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 just used as a talking point against the other side because it, it's it's set up to catch another guy in a bad spot or oh you were quoted as saying this about this and I think it's a little. I well, I mean, I I disagree on that point. I think that Trump saying that, uh, you know, stand back and stand by. Yeah, can we talk about that individually? That, what, what what does that even mean? Stand that back kind and stand of, by. I you know, I, it doesn't really. I don't even know. Like I'm telling you, what he's the, the he's meaning the, was, but it does. He, he it does the sound like something which would empower you know white has supremacists he, has he talked or about get them the, wild up. Has he talked about the proud proud boys before? Like, does he does he not know who they are too? Because like, if, he, if he's in the same boat that I'm in, then that's that's, that's probably probably. Very I know bad the proud I, boys were involved in like the um, the protests in uh, Seattle, right? 
or there were or Portland or Seattle or I'm not well, sure. Well, I, 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 mean, I know I, I know they've been a part of it in the last couple of years, but I don't know what his knowledge of them is because I know he was very centered towards like condemning the left wing groups. I don't know if he even knows much about the white the uh, the right wing groups. So I don't know. Maybe, I mean, maybe at the maybe same I'm time, too it's much like, credit. But it's, why it's, would it's, I mean? I, yeah, but like, why why would he want to condemn the white supremacists in in general? Because he's he's just going to lose votes if he does that, right? So and maybe he won't even lose votes if he does that. But I mean, he well, wants to give so, like so, a, a so, wink so, and a so, nod to. Right. So 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 liberal people and Democrats were very like, like oh, it's the easiest thing he could have done. And he could have just said, oh, I condemn these people and it would have been fine. But you couldn't even do that. Like, it's a different discussion when part of that group is exclusively voting for you and not voting for that. So even if like these like white nationalists or whatever racist, whatever guys make up like one percent of like the total votes, you want that one percent voting for you. If otherwise they were going to vote for the opposition, if you just condemn them on live TV and that say, so I'm not saying ethically it's a good idea, but I think he was thinking like long term strategy, like okay, maybe I need these last million, two million votes, whatever it is, or maybe that number is bigger. So maybe he's seeing isn't different it, figures than I isn't am. Isn't it funny how we've come to the point in? I mean, like, well, I'm sure this was in various parts of our history, but now we're outwardly discussing how much does the white supremacist vote count in the united states like damn well i think <laughs> we, it's i we've think really it's really come to this point I, I don't think it's crazy i think it's like a numbers discussion because if they really are as as small as they're maybe made out to be then maybe we can just get rid of them maybe we, like, right, i don't need their votes fuck them whatever but if they're like a large percentage of what could be deciding votes then I don't know. Maybe it's a different discussion because the, what, was, what was the last uh, election? Trump lost the popular vote. It was like sixty to sixty-three million or something like that. It was it was like within like it was it was, it was like I think it was like within two million votes. So yeah. I don't know. I, I'm not saying that racists or these like crazy like super white supremacist guys should be supported by any means. But if they make up a large enough percentage of whatever the votes are, you can't just forget those guys either. So. In so, an ideal so I'm, world, I'm looking we at the Proud Boys, um, the Wikipedia here, just uh, to clarify on the Proud Boys. So basically the ADL, the SPLC have uh, described them as hate groups. Uh, you've got a lot of words here. Uh, the Wikipedia page says that their ideology is chauvinism, neo-fascism, reaction. Those are like, are those like the gun guys or something who, who, who show up with like the rifles and stuff? or something maybe honestly i, I mean <laughs> they say they say that they're affiliated with white supremacism and uh engage in uh political violence i, j- I just get a little worried myself whenever i see anything about like w- whether it's right or left anytime someone shows up to like a, a political protest like without a sign and they just show up like ready to fight or something like that it's very concerning no matter what your ideology is so i think uh if if if, yeah, if, it turns- if you show up to protest with guns, you know, that's that's kind of that's kind of something, right? Well, like, even then, I've seen to- people show up to like specifically gun related protests with guns, and that's like, oh, you're not taking my gun away from me, whatever. That that's that's his own discussion. But if you show up to like a an abortion <laughs> like like rally, or you show up to like a I don't know, just just a regular like red versus blue kind of like debate, <laughs> just with guns, no signs or anything, no like, oh. I support this guy or I support this guy. Nope. Just walking around with guns or like a bat I, or like a pipe. I, like, maybe maybe, maybe we should like worry about political, that a little bit. 
political analysts really give the United States too much credit. I mean, if we were looking at people showing up to protest with guns in any other country, especially in the developing world, you know, we would use the word uh, paramilitary groups, you know. Right. But like guys showing up with gu- organized groups of, you know, men with guns showing up at, uh, you know, politically significant events. That is kind of the beginning of uh, paramilitary groups. I don't know. I mean, they're organized. They've got guns. Maybe some of these people have military training. Uh, I wouldn't say it's too far-fetched to say it's the beginning of a a growing paramilitary movement in the United States. Yeah, however they want to classify it, I guess that's that's probably up to somebody else to decide. But I think regardless, just based on how this debate is going and just this election is going, I know – Whatever happens in November, it is going to be pandemonium. Like whether Trump wins or whether Biden oh wins. Oh my God, yeah. Well, do you remember the last election when Trump won over Hillary? They had like a women's march or something like that for like, I think it was like a week long. And it was in like every like major city. That was probably <laughs> the most people could have hoped for. Like, can you imagine in 2020 if like, if, if Trump wins again? There's just going to be more vagina hats. Nope, that's not going to happen. <laughs> There's not going to be. <laughs> no, but like we were making fun of it before, but I would love to see vagina hats now. <laughs> if, <laughs> I would love that. Reminiscing, oh reminiscing my God. of the days of vagina who, who, hats. Who, who, who oh, knew no. vagina hats were the good old days? Who knew? <laughs> but like I said, it is, it is like no matter oh, who wins, Trump wins, Biden shitty, wins, man. it's going to be bad. It's going to be real bad. So. All right, here's scenario one. Trump wins. Uh, you know, you're of course, the Biden camps are going to say he cheated. Scenario two, Biden wins, and Trump is going to say Biden cheated. Nobody's going to have faith in the results of the elections. Yeah, uh, well, if, if, if Biden wins, I think Trump's going to drag it on for at least two or three months until they, like, physically remove him and say, like, hey, we need recounts, we need whatever. Because you remember— What is the was- process to remove somebody who doesn't want to leave office? Like, we've never encountered that. Like, what— well, I what think once, then I think point? once I think once the next guy gets sworn in, the Secret Service just fucking drags him out by his by his shirt. Like I I, I don't I don't I don't I don't think it's really like a bureaucratic thing. Like if the other guy's not accepting defeat, but the the other guy but the but the new guy has already been sworn into office. The like it, it's just like uh he's like a squatter. You know what I mean? But so, like, what are all these men with guns gonna say though? I mean, if the pre- if if they think that Trump was the winner of the election. And Trump, what what does Trump do? Does he become like president in an exile somewhere? Uh, do these guys with guns just be like, oh, well, I guess we lost the election, and I guess Donald Trump has to get removed? Well, or think will about they this. say think that no, this. Trump is the rightful president of the United States, and we've got guns? We'll, we'll, we'll think. We'll think about this. The only difference between this election and the last election is that, regardless of who won, Obama was leaving for sure. So it's a different kind of discussion now when. Trump is the current like sitting president, so he has. I don't, I'm not saying he has the option to defend it, but he he has more of a his shit's already moved into the house. You know what I mean? So I'm sure he he's going to have a lot of shit to say. It, like I, I, he he may just outright not accept it. He may just uh, I don't know. But I think re- regardless, it's going to be fucking pandemonium. There's going to be protests. There's going to be riots. There's going to be it's, it's going to be a shit show. So, you know, I, another scenario could be like, remember, people were saying Trump wants to make like a TV network or something. Maybe another scenario is Trump leaves office, creates a TV network and starts radicalizing people like, I don't know if he I think we're if we're going to see more men out, with guns. 
I think if he gets voted out this time, he might lose a lot of support from the right because the only reason why he had a lot of Republican support is because he was winning. And if he's not winning anymore, I don't. Th- I, I think they're they'll, they'll be less worried about what he's going to say or what he's going to do because they can condemn him now without any consequence. But are they going to condemn him though? Because a lot Absolutely. of people, I, mean, I think, even if Trump gets even if Trump gets voted out, all of these people, Trump has supporters. You know, do you think that? Well, yeah, these, he uh, has supporters, but. I think, but would the moderate Republicans want to, you know, alienate the Trump Republicans at that point? Because that's a potential, you know, voting well, well, base for them as well. Well, they're coming from a from a space where they don't have a guy in office. So once I guess they eventually figure out their results of the election, it's kind of done. So uh, I, I don't know, man. My my guess is that I'm not saying it's going to be smooth. Trump I'm gets saying, voted out. I, th- I think I think yeah. he's going to. I think if he doesn't get legitimately elected, he's going to have a lot of problems retaining his. His at least political partners. Well, in in the scenario he gets out, my guess is that Ted Cruz and everybody is going to watch their words and condemning him or saying that he was a, a shit president because well, think they about, still want the votes from uh, the Trump base. Right, right. Well, th- well, th- well think, think about what happened when he was winning. They were they they hated him before he was in the lead, and once he started bypassing everyone and like knocking people out of the primaries, they're like, all right, I guess we gotta if we, if we can't beat him, join him. But once they once they once he's been beaten, I think they don't need to have that loyalty anymore. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm talking out of my ass, but I'm not really so sure that he's going to. Most retain. of what we're saying is talking out of our ass, though. I mean, this, that's, that's the kind of the theme this, of the show. Yeah, this is the theme of the show. Um, but, one thing what we have to touch upon, though the the big news, um, Trump uh, Trump got coronavirus. Yes, I was just about to bring that up. Yes, so um, is this? What, all right, just, just give me your quick quick take on it do you think this is like a uh interesting with the timing do you think this is something that we can use as a political talking point it's i i know twitter was the the the, the i guess the, the the website whatever social social media they were i guess banning or deleting tweets where people were like wishing for trump's death which i i don't think he's gonna die from this but i think it's very interesting timing for sure, like when he he got this in relation to so close to the debate, so close to the end of the election. What do you what do you, what do you think? It's going to take up the news cycle. Number one, uh, number two. If Trump, um, so this is how I think they're going to exploit it politically. Trump could survive the coronavirus, and he could be like, "Oh yeah, I had the coronavirus. It wasn't that bad. It's just the flu. Of course, I I win because I have uh, amazing genes, and I'm a smart guy, and I'm really good." And he could say all that shit. And at the same time, remember the Woodward tapes where they were saying that um, Trump was... So they had Trump on tape uh, saying that he intentionally wanted to downplay the virus because of, uh, he wanted to maintain public order and stop panic. And uh, he knew the virus was bad to begin with. Uh, now Trump can go and, you know, whenever somebody wants to criticize him and say that you're responsible for all of these deaths, he can say, well, I'm a survivor myself. Yeah, he can so take the... Kinda, uh, we, we, I think I think you and I talked about this on the phone. Like he can take the Bolsonaro approach and just be like, "Listen, I'm in a super high risk group, and I live, so you guys could be okay. The majority of the country will be able to power through. Some people will die, yeah, but we can mitigate the losses and stuff like that. So maybe he can use this as a strength. I mean, I'm sure Biden's going to talk about it. I know he he pulled some of his attack ads on Trump since since the diagnosis, but that's not going to last itself either. So I think I know for a fact that if Trump becomes incapacitated and Biden becomes the acting. I mean, I'm not sorry. If uh, Mike Pence becomes the sitting president, he's got no shot in hell of retaining the seat for the Republicans. So I think uh, 
I, I mean, we'll, we'll 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 get a little bit more of Pence when he has the debate against Kamala, which I I'm not really even sure how that's going to go. But um, this is going to be this is interesting times are coming on. Um, one more one more thing I wanted to talk about because I know we're kind of running run low on time. Um, do you have any thoughts on the whole tax return situation with Trump? Um, I mean, I don't know. I'm not a I'm not a tax lawyer or whatever. I mean, paying seven hundred fifty dollars in taxes is pretty ridiculous. Uh, but I'm sure a lot of rich people do that and find loopholes in the system to get away with paying, you know, that or less. Right. So. I think um, when, when we talk about tax law or something like that, it's 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 definitely I'd say it's more of like a policy thing than a math thing because if he's releasing his returns like that, it's very clear that he probably didn't break any laws. He's probably just exploiting the loopholes that every other billionaire is already exploiting. So I think there's more to be said about this is the type of shit sandwich that we're dealt. This is the system that we're in where a guy who makes that much money is is paying that amount. So. I think we should be more mad that those kind of loopholes and concessions can be made for someone at that income level rather than like, I can't believe he paid $750. I'm like, well, yeah, if you made that much money, you'd pay $750 too because you'd get some like type of tax lawyer who's smart about that stuff or an, or an accountant or something like that who can just do that for you. Because but who's going who's gonna to make that argument though, honestly, Ryan? I mean, the Republicans, neither Republicans nor Democrats are going to make that argument because it's no, going to alienate kidding? rich Republicans donors. Republicans and Democrats... All the ones that are sitting this now is how in the their last donors stay years, rich. They, 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 they signed those laws into legislation for specifically this purpose. All the elites in government, whether Republican or Democrat, who make that amount of money are paying taxes similar to that. I know Biden released his and he's paying like tens of thousands and Bernie was paying tens of thousands and stuff like that. But those are outliers. The majority of like actual industry, like billionaires and actual like super rich people have all the same tools that Trump has to get. He's not like a tax genius. He's not like doing something crazy that no one else is doing. Everyone who's at that super high level of income, I'm talking about like hundreds of millions and billions and stuff like that, they can really work with like lobbyists and stuff like that to really write tax law how they want to do it. So I think to immediately be like, oh my God, Trump is terrible for paying this amount of tax. He, 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 he's paying $750 because we allowed him to basically the people that write the laws were like, yep, you can do this. You can write this off. You can use this as a deduction. You can let leverage your debt like this. And the American people were like, all right, I guess. And it got signed in by Congress or whoever. And that, that was it pretty much. So, well, yeah, nobody wants to make the argument that the the system needs to be changed. You know, well, I know the, the argument that so-and-so is a bad man. And this, uh, this tax uh, issue reflects on his character. So there, there was an assumption discussion that we need to change things. There, there was an assumption before that Trump was cheating his taxes in some way, or Trump was being fraudulent with his taxes in some way. And he was hiding it for this long because he didn't want to get audited or he didn't want to go to jail, something like that, which we found out now is not true. But what the actual truth is, he's just not really paying that many taxes because of all these like loopholes and stuff that he's exploiting. So I don't know which is worse, but the fact that he's all the stuff he's doing is legal, I think is, is a huge discussion just in itself. We're like, yeah, he, he was kind of just allowed to do it this way. And yeah, maybe he wanted to hide some of, some of his income or some way or some of it, like the ways he's been doing taxes. Cause I mean, th- this would have been a problem four years ago if we found out about it four years ago, but for a different reason, because before people thought he was like colluding with Russia and he was like, 
funneling money back and forth, doing stuff with them. But all his now that all of his stuff is public record, like he's using like these like German banks, and he has a bunch of debt overseas. It's like it's like four hundred million dollars, something like that. This isn't some crazy international criminal we're talking about, at least in terms of tax code. This is a guy who's operating the same way billionaires operate. So I think people need to kind of get their priorities straight with what they find a problem with. I'm like, yeah, sure, he probably could have done some more stuff to like pay more taxes, of course. But just the fact that he had the option to like legally even do this is a very different discussion, I think. No, oh, yeah. Fair point. But I don't know, man. How do you uh how you feel about this one? This is a dense one. This is a big one. Yeah, uh, it's a bit a uh, bit longer. Looks I, like, I, but, uh, I covered I covered most I like of what it. I wanted to cover. Um, I didn't want to go into semantics for every single question that they had. I had a couple that jumped out at me. I had a couple of things I wanted to cover, but I guess the consensus that I've seen is that, like we predicted a few weeks ago, that these debates were going to be a garbage fire, and I'm okay with that. I mean. We got. I think I, I'm sure we probably did more work on this than they did. So I'm not really worried about uh, how this comes out. I just want to <laughs> just get our sentiment across <laughs> and kind of just check back in with the listeners. So I don't know. Um, tell us your thoughts. Uh, if you guys disagree with us, if you guys think we're retarded, if you guys think uh, we're just really dumb or bad at our jobs, or if you guys agree with us, if you guys want to be part of the discussion, you guys should reach out to us at the midnight climax at gmail.com. If you guys are upset that I use the word retarded, you can tweet at us at Climax Midnight, I think. is at, I'm sorry, at Climax Midnight on Twitter. Uh, we just got a new, uh, was it uh, Instagram page? Oh, uh, yeah. That's a big one. It's Midnight Climax Podcast. Uh, I think we did. I don't really know how it works. I'm, I'm, I'm a very old man. I've never had Instagram before. But I, we, I, I put like a story up or something of me just drunk with Alex in my house trying to record a session that didn't work. Um, and then we have, uh, I think, uh, you can follow us at Midnight Climax Podcast. There's, I, th- I think our little insignia is up there already. But um, like I said, yeah, email us, follow us on Facebook, tweet at us, do whatever you want. If you got music you want to submit to the show, like I said, if you, if you just want to just send us hate mail and just say, hey, we're really dumb, you guys favored one guy too much or didn't give this other guy enough credit or you guys should never talk about politics again, that's fine. We would love to hear from yeah. you. We welcome it. But uh, for the most part, I think I'm all good, Alex. What do you, what do you got for us? Anything left? Uh, that's all from me. All right. Well, we appreciate it. Uh, we appreciate your patience. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, whoever's yeah, still listening to the show. Thanks for sticking with us, guys, if you're still listening. Yeah. The, we, the two guys who are still listening to us. Who, who, whoever is still uh, interesting, interest, eh, interested to what we have to say, we're going to try to push this out as fast as possible. But in the meantime, take care, all right? Uh, I'm very happy to be back. Um, hopefully we can do another one real soon, ideally for the very next week. So I want to get back on track as soon as possible. But otherwise, boys, this has been uh, Midnight Climax, your loudest, most uninformed people since the president and uh, and and, uh, and Joe Biden. This is this, this this is probably we're probably just as loud and just as uninformed. But I think hopefully you guys like us a little bit better. But otherwise, take care, right, guys? Ciao. Peace out, guys.